Welcome back, my loves. I am so excited. We are coming back live with Danielle Aubrey Smith, back by popular demand. (laughs) (laughs) You have been requested. I love this. Yes, because um, you are willing to go where many women are not. (laughs) Thank you. I'll take that as a compliment. (laughs) So I'm going to start this off. We're going to talk about intimacy and um, what masculinity, what the masculine can do to support a woman in feeling safe. Mm. But I wanted to first start with this interesting story. I I just came back from a retreat. And there was one very good-looking gentleman there who was married, Mm. but was voicing his desire to still be free. Mm. And so he was like having this kind of back and forth in his mind of like, I want to be devoted to my mother, my woman, my mother. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) I want to be devoted to this, my woman, my wife. I love her. I want like, I want the solid relationship. Mm -hmm. And there's another side of me that really wants freedom and I have desires and yearning for other women mm-hmm. and I so he's had this dialogue with her and he's clearly requested a more of an open relationship mm-hmm. but she was not interested mm-hmm. and so he's in a place now where he has to basically deny his needs or mm-hmm be you know lack of integrity and and kind of be sneaky and have mm-hmm. this like snaky energy which of course mm-hmm. she'll feel and not feel safe right so and i and i said to him i was like it has to be your way mm. and he didn't really like the sound of it and i was like but but really it's if if it's not your way if you don't honor your desires you're not going to get your desires met. Mm-hmm. And then she's also not going to get her needs for monogamy or a man that really just wants one woman met. Right, right. So how do you handle that? Well, my question first would be, is it a need or is it a desire? Because those are both different. Go there. So a need would be um, food, like the basic things, food, water, love, care, sleep, exercise, you know, things like that. A desire would be something to explore. And so if that is, hey, I'm curious about non-monogamy, can you explore that in partnership together? Can you ask those questions together and explore where is it coming from? Is it coming from maybe one of these needs aren't met? And first getting those needs met and then coming back to, is that still a desire? And if there's another need that's not being met, you know, maybe they're not being intimate regularly. What if they started integrating more intimacy and then that need could, you know, that desire may dwindle a bit. So I think my question to him would be, is it a need or is it a desire? And are your needs actually being met in your relationship? Is her, is his partner actually meeting those? And is he, you know, allowing her to meet those? Okay, I'm going to play devil's advocate just because yeah. um, I understand both sides. Right. I, well, I think I do. <laughs> <laughs> to some degree, I do. The, the men have uh, two manufacturing balls of testosterone, mm-hmm. right? There, there are urges and cravings that women can't even fathom. Mm-hmm. We, we, we have also urges. But right. I, I think there's a, a higher level of urgency mm-hmm. <laughs> to meet those needs or desires, right. then maybe a woman can feel or, or experience. 
I don't necessarily agree with that. I'm not saying a woman doesn't have urges or desires. Yeah. I'm saying there might be a level of urgency that women are un- unaware of. Like, so right. like are un- with their sexual energy. Right. Like yeah. I can have urges, but not, not play on, act on them. Right. And still be totally satisfied with one man. Right. Whereas a, a man might have a level of urge that I can't understand. Right. And so therefore, how can I expect that he behaves in a way that I'm going to behave? Right. I don't have two balls manufacturing. Right. Yeah. No, it's real. That's real. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I feel in, in the conversations I've had with both men and women, it's the same on both sides. I don't think women talk about it as frequently mm. as men, as this kind of programming programming in our minds around men's sexuality is very much like they want it every day and they want it this way. And, but honestly, women have, you know, I took a poll on my Instagram a couple weeks ago on what time of day do you want to have sex the most? And it was morning, night, or any time of day, all day, all day every day, <laughs> knowing us. Um, and it, I was surprised to see more women responded my followers as well. That's a huge part of it. But they said any time of day. And it was mainly women. Maybe one man said evening. So I actually have seen the more women are liberated and feel free in their sexual expression, there's actually more freedom there for them to to want to like express that they want to have sex more. Mm. So I actually don't agree that it's more the men have the urges. I mean, I've had seasons of my life um, where the urges almost feel like they're taking over my body. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I think, you know, even though I don't have maybe the testosterone the same way as a man, I still think that women still have that same drive. Agreed. Yes. I wouldn't say that they don't, don't have the, the same drive, or, or maybe I am saying, I, I don't yeah. think that women have the same level of drive as men. Some do. Mm-hmm. I know some women that could have sex five times a day and like still want more. Yeah. <laughs> I can go two months without sex and be fine. Right. But then there is a period where I'm like, okay, I we're ready. Sex. Right, right. <laughs> like it starts getting intense. Right? And then like she a... wishes I'm the one that has the dick, <laughs> yes. you know? And I'm like, I'm sorry, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do at some points wish that you grew a penis. But yeah. um, no, I don't. You're not masculine enough for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. <laughs> okay. Back to so, the point. Uh, yes. Beside the point, if, if a man has these intense urges yes. that uh, feel uncontrollable, mm-hmm. and even if he's dying to be devoted to one woman, mm-hmm. there are these natural tendencies and urges that feel overwhelming. Right. And is it fair or... And to some degree, I feel like it's unfair if you have one life to live... Right. ...to expect a man to not live fully and and Mm -hmm. with all the pleasure that he could have. Not that he should be out there having sex with everything that walks. Right. But can there be, uh, should there be Mm -hmm. room for the man to go hunt and conquer his natural like Mm -hmm. desires and still come back and be devoted to his woman 80, 90% of the time? Yeah. I mean, I guess that's just a dialogue you have and an agreement right. you have. I think that's where it comes down to is the communication. And if he allow, if he's allowed to have that freedom, then she's also allowed to have that freedom. For sure. And feeling okay that, you know, I think the biggest thing that I've come across in open relationships or polyamory is communication is the foundation. Okay. So then in that case, 
what if the woman's like, no, should the man leave? I mean, I think it comes down to what is, what's most valuable to him and what he really, what he needs to give himself. And maybe that is, you know, finding maybe a massage once a week. Like I, I used to be a massage With therapist. A happy ending? No, not necessarily, <laughs> but getting that touch need. A happy ending? No. Um, there are those out there, but that's not what I offered. Um, is finding maybe getting those touch needs met mm. by women in like a healthy way. So getting a pedicure or getting a massage. I, I or, don't think they'd agree that that would satiate. I'm sorry. I love well, you. Yeah, no, I'm just, I'm saying what I would suggest if they're wanting to stay in partnership. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, there's so many variables. It's yeah. hard to know exactly. I just think it leads to this like and unhappiness. It, well, or that the man kind of has to be sneaky and just not tell her. And then, you know, he, he, she gets her partnership. They both get the partnership and he gets his needs met silently. I'm not saying I advocate that. Right. But it almost like lends to it. Mm, like an unfaithful kind of situation. Otherwise, the man's not getting his needs met. Mm -hmm. Even though, yeah, you're offering massages. But like, I, I, yeah. I'm curious if that, I wish we had a man on. And we can, mm -hmm. like, we'll have to bring one on. You? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think it, you know, it really does come down to being really clear within yourself. Where is this coming from? Mm. Is it a need or a desire? Because desires change. Needs pretty much are a foundation of our human experience. So that's what I would advocate for is where is this rooted in? Mm. Is it because you're curious? Is it because you, this really is a need? Or, you know, just where is that kind of rooted in? And connecting and giving compassion to that part. Because there's things and desires that I have wanted, but... I don't necessarily explore that because it's not faithful to my partnership. Right. And so, but it is important to see those parts of ourselves, you know, and I've in my meditation have brought that desire in and, um, and then giving it compassion, allowing it to be seen and, and witnessed and even sharing, Hey, this is a desire that came up sharing it with my partner. Can you look at it with me? Ooh. Can you look at it together and maybe in partnership, you can be like, hey, well, let's go to this play party together. And we're in it together. So you feel like you're supporting each other, even if you're doing your own thing. So I think there's a lot of ways you can navigate that in a way that feels honoring and respectful to each other without it having to be like a sneaky thing. But right. it really does come down to being open to being really vulnerable with these parts of yourself. And are you willing to share those without having shame or guilt around it? Or just saying, hey, I do have shame around this. Can I still share it? You know? Right. So I think that's um, like not allowing it to stay in the shadow is really important. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. So whether you are in partnership or not, having a safe space, whether it is with a coach or a therapist or a close friend, like, hey, I have a desire to do this. What do you think about it? Am I crazy? Or whatever. Asking those questions and being able to be witnessed and accepted for those desires because they're natural. Yeah. Most of us have those same desires. We just don't talk about them. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Fascinating, mm -hmm. huh? Mm -hmm. I, I wonder if it, uh, if it would end up, I, I like playing devil's advocate, but mm -hmm. I agree with you 100%. I think yeah. communication is key. 
could it bring up some fear in the woman um, that the man wants to be with other women? And Absolutely. then he doesn't answer his phone and she's thinking, oh, he's with another For woman. For sure. <laughs> it's going to bring all the shit to the surface. Right. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can't escape natural human tendencies of insecurity and depending what their attachment style is. I mean, it just goes into all of that as well. But right. of course it's going to bring those things up. But yeah. if there's safety created and openness then anything can come to the surface and it can be held because there's love there and commitment. So, you know, I think, of course, fear is going to come. Yeah, good. Let's go there because that was actually a question that many of the men asked was, Mm. how can the masculine create more safety for the woman? Mm -hmm. So I think a big part of the work that we need to do as women is allowing our inner masculine to hold our feminine so that we're not outsourcing so much to the man to have to hold us in places we haven't even held ourselves. Okay. So that would be my first... What does that look like? So, you know, for me in my own journey, I so I met my ex-husband when I was 16, got married at 19, um, was married up until I was 30, which was four years ago. So I didn't have much time, really any time, separate from partnership. And so much of my life, I outsourced the parts, the masculine parts. And I was in a state of, after the divorce, of just spiraling because there was no grounded energy because my ex wasn't there to help ground me. I didn't realize how much grounding he had until it was gone. And so my journey these last couple of years has really been how, no matter what the outside circumstances are, how can I remain unattached, one, to no matter what happens, and also remain grounded. And, and the masculine parts would be maybe like keeping a schedule, keeping commitments to myself, keeping um, checking in with myself if I'm feeling safe in communication with whoever it may be. Um, you know, staying loyal to my own commitments to myself. Um, like showing up for myself if I'm saying, hey, I'm going to do this tomorrow. I'm going to do that. Because that's like what the masculine does. They keep that commitment and loyalty and strength. And so allowing that to come in, not only into my work, um, to my personal life with my kids, but also in my own sexual energy, then it allows my feminine to surrender. So... I can still be soft. I can still be emotional. And I know that I can still be held. So I don't need a partner to then complete that part of me. Okay. If we were speaking to the man, mm-hmm. uh, what you, I heard you say a few things that were really important, the loyalty and commitment. So if you, what I've, when I feel safe with a man mm-hmm. is if they say, I'm going to call and they do, or right. I'm going to show up at this time and they do. Like right. I can honor and trust their word. Mm-hmm. To me is like, okay, I feel safe in this man's Right. Presence. And even just like your body, you could, you relax. Yeah, I was like, It's ah. like, yeah, because you can. <laughs> yeah. You can relax because yeah. it allows your feminine to really take the forefront and take the seat, which yeah. is really what we desire as women. Yeah. So when a man does that, you can. You can be like, oh, whew, I can finally let go a little bit. You know, it's, yeah. a, it's relieving. Why? Because I feel like in the society that we're in so much of the masculine energy is in women is so kind of off kilter because women feel like they have to 
provide and take care of themselves and um, they can't let go. They can't fully show up in their vulnerability. They can't fully show up in their softness. And so when a man comes in that is in his healthy masculine and you can feel that grounded energy without even any words spoken, it allows the woman to kind of soften a little bit Mm. and let go and be held and trust that she's going to be held in that space. Yeah. Yeah. One question came in from my buddy Ted. He said, how do I show up both masculine and soft, emotional, connected, vulnerable at the same time so that it resonates with you? Because mm. the men are being called to show up more feminine, mm. but then there's the line, right? Oh, he's a little too feminine. Right. So how, do you, how do you hold both the masculine and the, the feminine in, in the masculine form? Yeah, I think... You know, a true masculine man can still be vulnerable, Mm. can still be emotional. And yet in those spaces, he's still grounded. He's still, the the masculine is like, that force is still there. So I, you know, I was having a conversation with a friend the other day and and he was sharing how um, he feels really vulnerable because he's like, he feels messy right now. He feels emotional. But really, I find the most masculine men is when they are connected to those parts of themselves. And, and they are, can express it. And They're they can hiding expre- it. Right. There's nothing to hide. Right. Yeah. You know, you can be watching a movie with them. You look over and they're crying. You're like, oh, you I know, love you more. Right. Exactly. It shows that I, more than anything, it shows the connection with themselves. It shows the connectedness that they have to their heart. Yeah. Um, and that they've given those parts of themselves permission, that it doesn't make them less masculine when they're actually messy or vulnerable. It actually, to me, it makes me admire them more because they're connected. Right. right. So, but I think to the, what was the person's original question? How do I show up both masculine and soft in a way that resonates with you? Soft being emotional, connected, vulnerable. Yeah. I mean... I just see that all as a healthy masculine. I don't see it as one or the other. I don't see it as you're masculine and soft. I see it as you're masculine, mm-hmm. you're connected, you're vulnerable. Yeah. That's all. And I'm, vulnerable means sharing like what's going on for you. Right. In a way that like doesn't mean you have everything together at all times. No, nobody has that expectation, but I think men put a lot of pressure on themselves that they think they need to have their finances in order, you know, have everything planned out, have their five-year plan, whatever. And some women maybe need that, but I think it's important that some women are like, I just, I just love you. And I want to do this journey with you. I want to be in partnership with you. Let's do it together. Right. Um, And that allows the masculine to to trust her even more. Oh, we have so many fun, juicy questions. Hit me with your best shot. (laughs) All right. You ready? This one's from JJ. I love him. Why... Why are women such highly advanced organisms compared to men? Oh my goodness. <laughs> wow. That's a good question. I cracked up when that came in. You know, um. I, what I, my visual of women versus men is like men are, are um, a chest of drawers. You can open one and you can close it. None of them are touching. Uh. You know, they can go in on a date, be fully present with you. And then they go to, they wake up the next morning, they're ready to go to work. You know, it's yeah. like there's, there's compartments for everything where, um, remember, we've had this conversation with Andrew, and Andrew, a friend of mine, um, said, like, women are like a soup sandwich. 
You know, they're all, it's all touching. <laughs> it's all leaking on each other. It's all mixed together. Yep. And um, that's just how we're created. As, it's also how our brain works. It's how our brain works. We, Everything is touching. Yeah, our, our, literally, our, our brain, both hemispheres have much uh, stronger neural connectways. They have highways mm. that go back and forth. Yeah. More so than men. So men are either in their linear kind of left mm-hmm. brain or they're in their like creative. Right. Right brain. Which makes sense because we can multitask. I mean, we have to nurse a baby while we're making dinner, while (laughs) the two-year-old's grabbing my leg, while I'm on the phone with my partner. Like, you know, we men don't do that very often. I mean, if they do, it's probably driving them crazy. But women are created to multitask, to do multiple things at once for generations. Yeah, it's true. They're doing. They're stoking the fire. They're you know, kids are yelling. They're you know, all the things are happening at once, and somehow they're able to manage it. Okay, we're going to jump around a little bit, but this one came in from my buddy. Is sex a practice of mindfulness to her? And if so, how? See, that's, everybody's so different. I think it depends on, you know, their erotic blueprint or their love language around sex. I mean, Mm -hmm. for me, definitely it's mindfulness. Yeah. But some women are just, they're, they prefer, maybe they're more, they just want to do it. They just want to get done. It's not necessarily the slow, sensual process. For mm-hmm. me, my favorite sexual experiences are like hours long. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's even started with a meditation. Mm. And then you're already in, you're already dropped in. And then it's just this beautiful expression where, you know, other women may prefer a whole different experience. So I, but I think probably the majority of women prefer definitely to have connection during sex. I, I call it fucking both heads. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like, okay, explain that. Explain that. Well, that's why it's good to wait and you get mm-hmm. to know the person. And then right. when you're having sex, you're having sex with both heads. Right, you're right? connected. You're, like, you're connected. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I find the sex I've had now with being with somebody for a year and a half versus a one-night stand is a completely different experience. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you can go into the depths with somebody and it's still like a fun sexual expression having the one night stand, but it's not gonna, you're not gonna have this whole, at least for me, and maybe other people have had one night stands where they've had this whole erotic experience. But for me, that happens in safety mm. and connection. Right, and that takes and, time to build. Yeah, and you can't have that with knowing somebody for 24 hours. Hmm. At least not for me, it takes time to like build that. Can I trust you? Are you sure I can trust you? Wait a second. Can I trust you? You know? So. Ted had another good juicy one. What are the best ways to help a woman feel comfortable to explore her fantasies? Hmm. I think having it modeled. Oh, go there. Um, I think first having the communication prior to, like if somebody has a fantasy, like role playing, let's say. Um, have a conversation prior to the bedroom. Like, hey, this is what I'm wanting. Have him share. Hey, this is what I'm wanting to explore. How, how would this make you feel? Maybe she'd be a little hesitant, but willing to go there. Allow him to lead. So if that's something that you feel like maybe she wants, how about you will be like, I actually want to see this. And even buy an outfit for her to wear that brings that fantasy to life. So I think, you know, with the masculine, really being the masculine, lead the way. If this is something you desire to see in her, you do it first. You'd be willing to go there. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, setting the and setting the boundaries of what yes. is comfortable. What having that conversation? Yeah, what's a no go? 
What is an absolute yes? What's a maybe? And then sometimes even having like a, um, like a safe word if you're really uncomfortable. You know, it could be something like, instead of saying stop, you can say, you can have yellow monkeys, whatever. And just be silly with it, but be like, okay, that was far enough. Don't go any closer to my butthole or whatever it may be. That's like a no-go. <laughs> I'm not saying that's my no-go, but I am saying it's good to have like a safe word for yeah. people. And, and prior to setting the boundaries, like what is an absolutely no? It yeah. may be a butthole thing. I don't know. Um, and, and then something that you're willing to explore the edges of. Love it. Yeah. Even if you might be a little bit uncomfortable. Beautiful. <laughs> butthole. Butthole. I feel like I'm talking to <laughs> my children. All right. Uh, <laughs> how do I really connect with your mind and your soul on a deep level, Danielle? Mm. I like to feel heard. Huge. So when I feel like you're listening and, and asking inquisitive questions in return, and we're having this dialogue where I'm like, oh, wow, he's really listening. He really cares. He really wants to know about me. That's, and there's, it's stimulating. The conversation is stimulating, and we feel like we're kind of challenging each other and calling each other higher. That is, that's when my hoo-ha is getting real wet even thinking about it. Um, Because when my mind is stimulated, that goes right for a quick orgasm for women. Yeah. Yeah. So I think when she feels heard, when she feels seen, when she feels cared for, when she feels prioritized, um, you know, it's better than, that's the best kind of foreplay. Yeah. A general interest. Yeah. Genuine interest. I mean, yeah. Right. Right. Like, show me that you're interested in me more than just my getting my pants off. Right. Yeah. And why you do what you do. How can I love you better? That's what my partner has been asking recently. How, teach me about you. How can I love you better in this moment? What would help you feel supported? How can I love you better? Yeah. Share more about that. So I think we all, you know, if you go to the five love languages, we all have different ways that we feel loved. True. And for me, it's, you know, quality time is my top. Mm. And so if I feel prioritized, if I feel like, oh, I know you have a really busy schedule, but you made two hours for me, I am going to turn my phone off. I'm going to be fully present with you. I'm going to soak up that time because time is one, the most valuable thing we have. We don't get it back. Right. And um, so I find when he's asked, maybe in, we've had little tiffs or arguments, not even arguments, but just where there's maybe some tension and he'll ask, how can I love you better? It allows me to then tune in to myself. What does love look like right now? What does it look like for me to be loved fully? Okay, I just want you to hear me without trying to fix me. Or I, um, can we just do a FaceTime real fast? I just want to see your face and know that like we're good. We're mm -hmm. connected. Um, or can we please just have sex? Like that's an instant connection for me. Um, or you know, I think it can look different or, hey, can you just make me heat up my coffee in the microwave? I think it'd be super simple things. It doesn't have to be this yeah. big, but to know that you're curious about how to love me better, it's a simple question. It's a beautiful question. Yeah. Aww. Simple. How do you like to be loved, essentially? Mm -hmm. Mine's physical touch and words of affirmation. Mm. Ooh, you cuckoo. Yeah. <laughs> 
and touching. And look at these little. Yeah, sh- uh, don't show people. She's paper pulling out towels. my paper towels under my armpits. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sweating. <laughs> uh, I want to, um, we'll wrap up pretty quick soon, but um, I want to touch a little bit deeper <laughs> on the, this concept of providing safety. Mm. Um because I feel like there's one more juicy nugget I yeah. can pull out of your head. Okay, <laughs> do it. Pull out the juicy <laughs> Okay, so if I were a man mm-hmm. and I desired to make you feel really safe and seen and heard, other than just being present and not trying to fix you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Or showing up with flowers, or putting, making time on my schedule. I do like all those things. I know you do. How does a man step into that really strong king archetype energy of like, I got you, look like? How do they do that? Do they have themselves? Mm. Go there. Um, I don't think you can really hold a woman or give a woman what she needs if you haven't first given it to yourself. So do you feel held? Do you feel safe? Do you feel cared for? Do you feel provided for? I think that is where it all starts. If yes, he can respond yes to those things, then she easily, without words, is going to feel that because it's an, it's an embodied energy. Yeah. It's not something that, yeah, I can buy this meal for you or I can buy you flowers and money is no issue. It's not about the money. It's about embodiment of your own safety within yourself. So if that, that's really the foundation of a, you know, healthy masculine and for a healthy feminine, does she feel held? I think so much of our programming is outsourcing those parts of ourselves thinking we're going to find that in partnership, but you're going to keep finding the same thing in partnership. If you actually haven't first embodied that yourself. Yeah. Hmm. What are your favorite practices to embody divine feminine? I like to cry. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> yeah, I like, well, I, you know, like the crying for me is moving energy. It's a, it's a purging. It's like, oh, there's something there. And yeah, I could move it different ways. I could scream. I can go for a run. But naturally for me, I can just put a sad song on and I can cry right away. It's super I just, I love that part about me. It's like I can put a worship song on or I could put a really sad love song on or, you know, I can put a song on that reminds me of a certain sad time in my life and I'm like, there. Um, I love that soft soft part about myself. Um, I would say the way that I dress and how I choose to care for myself in that way. Um, I tell my employees, I, I dress for my mental health. I dress not for anybody else, but for me to feel good. Um, that one's really important before you go anywhere mm-hmm. else. I really want to hit home on that. When you make the effort to put on your favorite outfit with mm-hmm. your cool jewelry and like a hat and yeah. really put some effort into like looking your best mm-hmm. instead of, I used to just wear like yoga pants. Yeah. You know, just, I, I was, my thing was comfort. Yeah. And now I have comfortable, but that's like elegant and mm-hmm. chic and has little like some gemstones or right, you know, something yeah. connected to spirituality. And like, I always bring in who I am in mm-hmm. how I appear. Yeah. And it makes me step into, it supports me in stepping mm-hmm. into the highest version of me. Absolutely. 
and I behave differently. Mm-hmm. It, I behave very differently when I'm in a skirt versus pants. Mm, yeah. If I'm in my baggy jeans, you're mm-hmm. going to get a very different version of me than mm-hmm. if I'm in my like pin pin line skirt. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we are our brand, and this is some a conversation that I'm going to be having with some small a small business here is in Austin. Is you embody your brand. I mean, people these days aren't attracted to buying a product. They're attracted to you as a human being, and that's what they're buying into. And how you dress is a huge part of how you present yourself to the world and to yourself. To yourself as well. It starts with yourself. It starts with yourself. Because then you energetically feel that way. Right. And you raise a vibration because then you feel really good. You're like, I look in the mirror and I feel like I look amazing today. Yes, you do. (laughs) You (laughs) always look amazing. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I mean, I I would say connection to my emotions, Mm -hmm. connection to my my sensual and sexual body. Um, openly sharing with people in my life about where I am. I think that's a big part of giving a voice to my process. Um, t- tuning in during my meditation to my intuition. Huge. What's my womb speaking? Um, and really honoring mm. my cycle. You go to your womb. I go to my heart. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. I'm going to try the womb. Yeah. The wisdom of the womb. It's womb. a real thing. Okay. And honoring, you know, as women, honoring our cycles, like where I just finished my period and a couple days ago, my cycle, and I find that at this point, I know I'm going to have my most energy. And so I'm going to honor that with creation, with doing a podcast with Nikki, with getting new clients into my portal. Um, And then knowing, you know, in a couple of weeks, my bleed is going to start again and I'm going to give so much space to that. Hmm. I'm not going to take on new clients. I'm not going to take on more work. I'm going to do what I need to do, but I'm going to rest. Beautiful. And I find that creates so much honoring of like the feminine body when you can actually honor like where you are in your cycle. Beautiful. Yeah. Okay. I want to end with full circle. Okay. We're going to bring it back. Do it. If uh, I were a man and I were in a relationship and I loved this woman deeply, Mm. loved her with all my heart and... I had a strong burning desire to hunt and conquer other gorgeous women mm-hmm. on occasion. Okay. <laughs> but I know my woman's not interested. This is not her thing. Mm-hmm. How do I proceed? What's the most important thing to you? Where are your values lying? Is it in being with this person that you've been with for 20 years or is it not and what does that look like to honor that whatever the answer is Hmm. yeah really tuning in what's most important what's most important and what does it look like to honor yourself in integrity with yourself feeling really good about your choices Like, would you make this choice and then go on a podcast and share about it? Hmm. Or would you still be hiding? Yeah. Because if you're still hiding, there's still, you're responding out of shame. Right. And you're not really responding out of integrity with yourself. In a lot of ways. Mm Mm-hmm. 
But if you're, if you can be open with your process with at least your close friends, it doesn't have to be a podcast with Nikki, even though that's a great idea. <laughs> come on my podcast. Um, come on my podcast <laughs> and share your journey. Um, if you can share in your, you know, a lot of men aren't as vulnerable, I find, as women, um, at least in my circles. And if you can share with your close friends, like, what's coming up and get support outside of yourself, I think is really important. Yeah. And whatever choice you make, but inviting at least one or two other people in, that's a big decision. Yeah. So I think that's, and getting feedback, like having people that really know you asking questions and really allowing them into the process with you and then making a choice versus it just being like, okay, I have this desire you know, it's been there maybe a couple months, maybe years. a couple years. Yeah. Maybe your entire life. Right. Yeah. And allowing the accountability from the outside to kind of hold the choice. Yeah. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Any final juicy nuggets of wisdom I did not mm. tap into? I think, you know, what comes to mind from the collective conversation we've had is it really tunes into you knowing you Mm. really, you knowing yourself, you feeling held by yourself and not outsourcing it in any way and how much we can actually meet most of our, our needs within ourself. And I find if we actually give that to ourselves first, everything else that we need will just kind of magnetize right in because we won't, our woundings won't be attracting partnership. Our woundings won't be attracting business relationships or business opportunities because those areas of ourselves are held and healed. And so if we can first work on doing that within ourselves, everything will change. And everything flows from a state of like unconditional love within yourself. So you're saying that the subconscious implanting my mother put in that all men cheat. Yeah is actually attracting men that want to cheat. Mm. Yes. <laughs> Great. Yeah. <laughs> we will discuss this later <laughs> off camera. Part two. <laughs> <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> love you guys. Uh, Thank mwah. you guys for tuning in. I love you all. <laughs>